Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You know, I my first day at NBC Connecticut was September 11th of 2002. I just, I'll never forget it because I was a, the number two sports reporter and it was obviously the one year anniversary of 9-11 and it was a strange day to start work. Uh, and I think I had about a year with Lou Perkins as AD at UConn and I never really, I mean, he did have this presence about him and uh, there's no doubt about it. And he passed away at the age of 78 in Kansas and a lot has been written and discussed about his impact between 1990 and 2003 as athletics director at the University of Connecticut, and we want to talk about it a little bit more with Don Memorial, the Hartford Current, the headline, Think, Act, Be Big Time. That's Lou Perkins' legacy at UConn. Dom, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Brian. What's going on? Not much. Um, you know, just that word big comes up a lot, and mm-hmm. when it, when it yeah. comes to Lou Perkins, just sort of explain it to people who, you know, who aren't as steeped in it as you are. Yeah, you know, if you do, if you, people do get an opportunity to read my my column on it today, you, you see that people that are not known for not known for agreeing with each other are in a complete agreement on uh, on Lou Perkins. Uh, and and you're right, the word big comes up, bigger than life, think big, act big, be big, big time, big leagues. That that was what he was all about when he came to UConn in 1990. You know, UConn had always been very provincial. Uh, they're always a New England power. You know, you think Yankee Conference, you think ECAC uh, sports. You know, they're always a very a very good, competitive New England athletic program. But he came from Maryland. He was he was an established athletic director uh, at an AC, what at the time was an ACC school. And he came with the idea that UConn was going to be second to nobody. UConn was going to be on the same level as all of the best schools. And, of course, the first element was to move its football program from 1AA or to, to 1A uh, and join the Big East, which was moving, which at that time was moving in that direction. So that was his, that's his legacy. And then, of course, UConn began. UConn, you know, they, they had won the soccer championship in 1981, uh, but uh, the, the championships really started to come in basketball, uh, you know, they, they began winning in, in men's basketball as he was getting there with Jim Calhoun. But the, the national championships really started to come after he got there, and they've continued to come since because really of what he built. Why did he leave, why leave Maryland to come to UConn? It, doesn't, it seems like a You know, I, I wasn't – I really – that's a little bit before my time. I'm not exactly sure why he did that. Yeah. But I think UConn um, – I think UConn wanted someone who had his vision, and they upped the ante to to do it. I guess. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's an interesting you know progression. I don't know if something. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing something bad happen in Maryland. Why would? Because it, cause it well, seems like at that know, time in history that would be a step back unless he really saw something, a glint of of something at UConn that. Uh, yeah, he a probably lot of did, and, and you know, he probably saw resources that would be available. They probably saw an appetite for growth for building. 
But you have to remember, too, that it, it, then and now at a, at a school like Maryland uh, or Michigan or, or, or any of those top schools, athletic directors get get fired. They go through athletic directors quickly. Yeah. You know, we, we've had we've had some longer stays at UConn, but, uh, you know, school, a lot of schools go with they go through you know, if the football program goes sour. A lot of times the athletic director goes with them. And that might have been what happened in Maryland. Yeah. Uh, listen, we're talking with Dama Mori from the Hartford Current. Of course, you can read his piece on Lou Perkins this morning. You know, I, I, these questions are always fascinating, and they go n- nowhere in the sense that you can't prove or mm-hmm. disprove anything. It's the same with Belichick and Brady. It's hard to know what the success of Jim Calhoun and Gino Arama would have been without Lou Perkins, right? They were hired before he got there, but their biggest right. successes started when he was there. So, I mean, is there a sense that they needed someone like him to open up the resources for them, or do you think they would have succeeded anyway? Well, you know, Jim was well on his way to succeeding anyway. They had had their dream season and reached the Elite Eight in, in 89-90. So they were well on their way. Um, the women's program, uh, you know, reached, I believe, reached the Final Four for the first time in 1991. So they were both on their way. But I think his contribution was, A, you know, getting them more, you know, continuing to get the resources to them so that they could continue to recruit and win. Uh, and, you know, that, that takes support from, from behind. And also making sure that they had, that they were paid and that their contracts were in order, uh, you know, extended and in order so that they didn't leave. Because as you could imagine, uh, if there was, a, you know, if UConn hesitated, to, to pay those guys, uh, you know, competitive salaries, they would have been certainly tempted to go somewhere else. So sure. he, as an athletic director, he made sure they had the resources, but he also made sure that they stayed. And when you see the way coaches jump around in other sports, that 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 that's shouldn't that's not something to be taken for granted. Yeah, and I also think I, mean, I know you have to be Title IX compliant, but you know, mm-hmm. lacrosse, the women's lacrosse and women's hockey are really, really solid, strong, really good programs there, and. He obviously brought them in as well. We're talking with Don Memori, the Hartford Current, about Lou Perkins, of course, the athletic director at UConn from 1990 to 2003. Did he leave the department in decent shape, or did he just get out of town in the dead of night? Well, he certainly left it in better shape than he found it. You know, when he left in 2003, uh, the women had had a number of championships, and and, and with more to come, the, the men had two, had one, and they were on their way to a second in '04. Uh, you know, uh, Calhoun and Oriema were both were both signed long term. Uh, you know, the soccer program had won the championship in '03. He he made a decision to bring Ray Reed in from Southern Connecticut to replace legend Joe Maroney. That proved to be a great hire on his part. Um, you know, their facility you know, Gamble got built, but he facilities were were on their way. And of course, the football program was about to complete its transition to 1A when he left. So, you know, I think he left on good terms. I don't think anybody was looking for him to leave uh, at that point. I think he wanted a new challenge. But, you know, again, you know, what happened to the football program or the way that's, that, that's developed and, you know, what happened when the original Big East broke up, which is probably not something that he – which was just beginning when he left. That's something that that's the great imponderable. You know what? You have to believe that he wouldn't have stood for UConn being left out. That there would have been 
he would have gotten them in a conference. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, uh, I mean that's based on his track record. Yeah. That's that's a fair a fair uh, assessment. Just two in the know, and I think the, the um, there's no I, I don't have to get into negatives. I I, I never liked Rensselaer Field where where it is, and so I, right. I I mean I I'm not a bandwagon jumper there, and I I think there's a debate to be had there, but we don't have a ton of time on that. I want to ask you a, a beyond the Lou Perkins thing, Dom. We're talking to Dom Memorial, of course, his piece in the Current today. Think, act, be big time. That's Lou Perkins' legacy at UConn. You can go to current.com and, and take a peek at it. I'm just curious um, about your, your opinion here, this whole Big 12 versus Big East stuff. Um, mm. do, you, do you think it's a move that, if given the opportunity, they, they should make? Do they have to make, or can they not do it? Uh, they should, if they're given the opportunity, they should do it. They have to do it. Uh, you know, you're talking about 30-something million versus three million a year uh, in in revenue. So I don't think I just don't think there's any way they could turn that down if they're offered. I, you know, there's a lot of activity, a lot of discussion on both sides from both ends. So it's very much alive. Uh, whether the offer comes, I think, depends on other schools, other conferences, and what they do, namely the Pac-10 in Colorado. Uh, and you know, I, now I have seen one thing I've seen out there is some possibility of uh, an invite that doesn't include football because they would just want you to go that 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 UConn probably should turn down uh, in my yeah opinion. because I mean uh, basketball is going to be tougher there right why right. would you do and, that and, and the idea the idea is to to to, to help your football program yeah and and, and 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 so that I wouldn't do if, if that's what they're talking about then no that I wouldn't do but a full-fledged membership that uh sooner than later results in more than $30 million a year in revenue. I don't see how UConn can turn that down. All right, Tom. That's great stuff. We really appreciate the time. And, again, you can see the piece on LouPerkinsOnCurtain.com. Have a great weekend, bud. Uh, thanks, Brian. Bye-bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.